This episode is brought to you by Imperium Credit Solutions. Imperium Credit Solutions is a credit repair program. Is bad credit, negative credit, uh, negative remarks on on your credit score holding you back from buying a home, uh, buying a car, applying for a new line of credit? Um, you know, just just bringing you down as far as you know, holding you back and things that you're trying to do. Uh, you do have collections, uh, charge-offs, late payments, uh, bankruptcy, uh, you know, you name it. Anything negative that has you a low credit score, reach out to us today um, for a free credit audit where we'll pull your credit from all three ma- major credit bureaus, uh, run through, see what's good, what's bad, um, separate and come up with a game plan to help fix your credit and get you that high credit score needed to uh, get that home or get your car. Um, so yeah, reach out today. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or you could check us out on our website, www.imperiumcreditsolutions.com. That's a imperiumcreditsolutions.com. I-M-P-R-E-I-U-M, creditsolutions.com. Uh, mention the Good Combo Good People podcast for a special discount. And yeah, reach out today um, and we'll take care of you. Welcome to the Good Convo, Good People podcast with me, your host, Jordan DeLeon. Uh, sorry, everyone, I've been out of it for a little bit, but I'm back. And I got a real special guest with you guys today, my boy Jaime the Jet. <laughs> What's up, bro? Uh, tell the people who you are, where you're from, what you do, and why you do it. So my full name is Jaime Gonzalez Dominguez, um, Southwest Denver, uh, born and raised here in Denver. Um, Grew up in the southwest area and then grew up in the north area, also north side area. When did you do that? Um, I want to say middle school years from like 2007 to 2010. Oh, okay. And then moved back south for schooling and all that. That's where the heart was at was southwest Denver. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. you, you went to... So then I went to Schmidt Elementary, which is off Jewel Lynn. Play, then went to Coons Miller Middle School, and then at that time, that's when like the house market, it's like that big. Uh, I guess there's no no jobs. The market crashed, oh, so then my my parents lost the house. We moved up north, um, to like some mobile home park, and then okay, I seen that you, uh, you posted something about how you yeah. So growing growing up in Southwest Denver, um, I grew I grew up here. I was born here in Denver. Moved back to Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. With my mom, we came back when I was six, grew up in the trailer parks in front of Lincoln High School, right there off Jewel, went to Schmidt Elementary, and then I want to say it was like 2006, my dad got his got our first home right off of uh, Florida and Yates, and then we lived there for a couple years, and then he lost the house, and then we moved up north to a mobile home up behind Rocky Autos. Oh, okay. And then from there, my dad just fixed up his credit and had enough money for a down payment on a house and we moved back to westwood westwood denver where where you're at now in dakota yeah (laughs) off dakota nice and 
went to Schmidt Elementary, Coons Miller Middle School, and then went to Westminster High School. I hated it. <laughs> um, pretty shy kid, so I didn't have no friends up there. And then moved down south where all my the people I grew up with were at. So that helped me out a lot. Ended up at Kennedy High School, and that's where I met you. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah. we met. So you, uh, so you went there uh, to Westminster for a semester, or because yeah, I, I remember um, your, you because you were a freshman, I think, when I was a junior. Yeah, I ended up moving in the springtime back to Kennedy, so I was there for like that whole semester. Um, dude, I hated it because at that time they they combined two high schools in one, and dude, it was like there's like three thousand kids there, and I. <laughs> hated it was it all hood it was hood you had your asians your hispanics you had it was Just it was a mix. melting pot dude which is cool but yeah i mean growing everyone i knew was down south so it's kind of an introvert yeah okay okay um and then from Ke uh, kennedy graduated and you went and played ball in sterling, in sterling right? yeah so i graduated high school and then my buddy ruben he was up in sterling and he was trying to walk on at baseball out there walk on the team and he was just like dude get out here let's try to walk on and I went out there and was out there for a year and then school's too expensive they weren't giving me any money for schooling so then I was like screw this I'm gonna just go back to Metro stay at home and just not get in crazy debt and just play Liga and play, <laughs> play Sunday League baseball for, for a year and then it just wasn't fun anymore because okay. you get used to playing college baseball you get spoiled with the nice fields and the talent then you show up on a Sunday league and you're just like, dang, all these dudes are hungover. <laughs> the umpire smoking cigarettes. It just wasn't that fun. So then I stopped playing. Pull the mic a little bit closer to you. Yep, you're good. But yeah, that's the story with the baseball and the sports. Um, and then I went to college for business management and marketing. My goal was to work for myself, mm -hmm. which we'll get into that. Yeah, in yeah. A bit. And yeah, dude, I finished school. I'm not in debt, thank God. Which is giving me the opportunity to do what I want, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, uh, you were working at that hit hit tracks for a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was working at. So when I came back from from Sterling, I met up with this. I met this dude named JT through a mutual friend. He was a baseball coach, and uh, they had just opened up this baseball facility called Catalyst. So I was doing baseball lessons, and I was I was a personal trainer there. Okay. So I was getting all the moms right. <laughs> you know? Their summer bodies, you know, and just coaching kids, which I love. I love kids, dude. So I did that for three years while I was at Metro trying to finish up with this degree. And uh, and I loved it, dude, but it just wasn't paying the bills. Yeah, I was always time, broke. Time to time to move something, yeah. something bigger. All right, from there, where'd you go? So then from there, dude, I, I graduated. And um, I ended up going to Coors Brewery up in Golden for yeah. five weeks. I was there for five weeks, and then... <laughs> I was kind of like, screw this, because I still needed to do an internship to finish off that degree. And, like, dude, I, I remember for those five weeks, I was doing, like, 70-hour work weeks. And you were doing all the, the manual labor jobs. You were yeah. shoveling all the hops and stuff. Huh? I was up in the in the malting. Yeah. And two weeks were days, two weeks were nights. So it was flipping. And it just didn't work with my internship schedule I had lined up. So at that point, I was kind of like, I was like, dang, like, this is a really good job. Like, I need to do this so I can make, get my money up, you know? Yeah. But then in the back of the head, I was always thinking, in the back of my head, I was thinking, damn, my parents came to America for me to work smart, not harder. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, like, damn, my dad could be doing this 
like why am I even here? Which like no disrespect to anyone nah, who does nah. hard labor. Yeah, but, but it wasn't for my, you. Yeah, and in the back of the head, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, damn, like my dad really, my mom and dad came to America for me to not do what they're to br- what they're doing to you break know your I mean? back. Yeah, yeah, to break my back. So then I was like, screw it. I talked to the to the manager at Coors, and I'm like, yo, like, thanks for the opportunity, but I just need to finish this internship so I could get this degree, because at the end of the day, I. I never liked school, but I did it for my family, you know, because I'm first gen. Yeah. So my parents' goal was to get me into college and get that diploma. So that's why I ended up doing that. Nice, nice, know? bro. Yeah, but that's my whole thing is like, you know, the the new generation, you know, let's not use our hands and back. Mm-hmm. Let's use our minds, you know. And oh, so yeah. that that's something you wanted to do. All right, from Coors, where'd you go? So then from Coors, dude, I, I finished off that internship and I was doing interviews for my degrees in business management and marketing. I always wanted to work for myself, but then also I wanted to do some marketing for the Rockies, for Cronky Sports. Yeah. So at that summer, I had a bunch of interviews lined up, but I just wasn't getting in with them. I remember we had a conversation yeah. about that. And then at that time, my buddy Edgar, Edgar Barola, he has a trucking business, se- yep. driving semis, and he's like, yo, he's like, dude. So at the time, I was only I was in debt six Gs. That's not bad. Six grand from college. <laughs> from school? For That's five, not bad at five all. Five years of college, dude. I was in debt six Gs. And my buddy Edgar was like, dude, get your CDL. I'll help you pay that off this summer. He's like, just give me just give me 40 plus hours a week. And, That's love right and there. And you're going to yeah. learn. And I was like, all right, cool. I went and got my CDL. Took me one week to go get my CDL. And right off the bat, dude, I was just driving semis with Edgar that summer. I remember that. And I'm, I'm blessed, dude, with to have good homies like that because – Dude, just like that, I got out of that hole, and and that was my idea. I was kind of I was watching Edgar, watching him like how he runs his business and stuff, and I remember telling my dad, I'm like, yo, we could just buy semis and work for ourselves. Yeah. And uh, but then winter came, dude, and I realized how, in the winter, obviously here in Colorado, it's like it's a seasonal job, you know, like works up or down. It just depends on on the weather, right? So yeah. I remember that wet that year. This was two years ago. It was the winter was pretty bad, so work went from working sixty hours a week to twenty five, twenty. Yeah. And I was that's when I was just like, Oh damn, like, all right, maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not. And I talked to my dad and my dad was like, Dude, well, we got money stacked up, like we could go buy two semis right now, but it's your call. And at the time I was kinda scared, honestly, because I was just like, Dang, like, that's a big commitment. It's Either I buy these two, we get these two semis, and it's that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? So I kind of just paused that idea, and then I ended up getting a call from the Boys and Girls Club, and they're like, hey, you could come run the Jeffco Boys and Girls Club. We need people. And I talked to my parents. My dad was like, dude, just take that for now so you have a job in the winter. And, and I ended up taking that job, and I was there for – I was there for 11 months, dude. Oh, okay. Running the Boys and Girls Club. I remember I remember that. And I, I loved that job, dude. It, it, going to work was so much. I think that's the funnest job I've ever had. Are you going to hang out with the kids? and Just kick it with the kids. Chill. Try to mentor them. Help them out with whatever they need. You were coaching on. them too, right? Coaching. Yep. Coaching all the sports. Um, And I mean, that's the cool thing about being from the inner city, dude. Like, people know you. And they know who, what kind of person you are. Yeah. So, dude, everywhere I went, it was always the hookups because they're like, "Oh, it's Gonzalez, it's it's, it's Jamie, Jaime. it's yeah. Jaime from, <laughs> from the club." 
I was in Boys and Girls Club, not like <laughs> not the, from the, the club yeah. Downtown, but, but yeah, dude. So that job was great, man. But I realized I'm like, dude, there's no way I could make a living doing this job because you you can't, dude. It's a nonprofit. Yeah. It's like teachers. Yeah. You get under, you're not you get undervalued in a way. Yeah, there's only so much you could, they could pay you. So from there. So from there, dude, check this out. And this is why you're here. <clears throat> so from there, dude, I would see a lot of. I wouldn't. It was kind of like child. I wouldn't say it's like crazy child abuse, but like I would see kids come into the club with like the same pairs of the same clothes for, that they're wearing the whole week. Yeah. I would see kids. They looked. I mean, coming from a nutritional background, they were. Uh, my um like I could tell they hadn't eaten like you could tell they come into the club just for their their dinner for a meal for a meal and um, at that point I was thinking to myself like what can I do where I'm helping kids out and I'm changing their life I was just thinking and I was just looking up jobs careers in that field and um, I ended up running into a law enforcement ad from Denver Police Department and at the time I was like uh, being a cop, it'd be cool. Like growing up, we're always saying "fuck cops" and all yeah. that crap, you know. Yeah. Coming from from the hood. Yeah. But I never, I never felt that way because I'm first gen, right? So I would, I every summer I'd go back to Mexico, and I would see, I would see how it's like in a country where you don't have first responders, and how fucked up. Yeah, that you're is pretty much like on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. There's no help. So I always thought being a firefighter or a cop would be cool, but I never thought I could do that. And then I ended up doing a ride-along with this dude I played baseball with. His name's Wes. He's mm. a Denver cop. And we did a ride-along. And, dude, it was probably the sickest night ever. Going 120 down Federal, <laughs> running code. And he was just like, dude, every day's different. Like, that's why I love this job. So then did that ride-along with him. And I started applying for Denver police. Okay. And then they turned me down right away, dude. I got in like three months into the process, and they just cut me. I didn't pi- pass the psyche valve. Okay. Which I'm just like, how the hell did I not pass that? Yeah. I passed everything else. Y- yeah. And then, um, and yeah, dude, that was it. I was. You got to wait a whole year before applying, reapplying. And just for shit and giggles, dude, I um. I got my cousin's a cop in Arvada, and she's just like, dude, try, try Aurora. It's a big city. And I was just like, oh, hell no, dude. I'd never step foot in Aurora. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, it, it's due tomorrow. You might as well send in your application. So I was like, all right, cool. So I just sent it in. And as of February of last year, I've been working for Aurora. I ended up passing everything, passing my screening, my physical test, um, the psyche valves, lie detector test, all that. And got into the police academy. And that's I've been in there since last February. So I'm 14 months in already. Okay. Which is crazy to me. You know, I remember we had a conversation when, when you didn't get in uh, uh, the Dem- in Denver. And I was like, bro, everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? And Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you were persistent. And, you know, you didn't you didn't give up. And now look at you. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to bring you in. Just because of everything that's going on in the world. and Well, not in the world, but in our country. Um, just all the, the negativity, the police shootings, uh, you know police brutality all that mm-hmm. so i just kind of wanted to get your perspective from it being in the law law enforcement um 
you know, like, like, what are you, what are your thoughts of just kind of everything that's going on in, in, in our country? I mean, you know, these killings of, you know, minorities and, um, you know, like, like, what's your thought on it? Ah, uh, dude. So to me, it's total bullshit just because I come from Mexico, dude. So to me, I'm like law enforcement, uh, not just law enforcement, but like the paramedics, all that's a blessing here in America. I don't think people realize how, how good we have it here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people will go to Cancun. People will go to Puerto Vallarta. It's, those are the tourist countries. But try going to, like, Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Try going to uh, Zacatecas. Try going to... Guanajuato. Eh, yeah, Guanajuato. Try going to all these other rural places where their tax money, they're, they're not getting nice streets. They're, they're, they're on dirt roads, dude. Like, it's just crazy to me how people don't realize how, ble- how blessed we have it here in America when it comes to all our resources. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but like, dude, there's Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah. In Mexico, there's no Wi-Fi. Like, just little things like that people take for granted. And um, I just don't think, and that's not just Mexico, that's other countries like Africa. You have all these other countries, right? And I just don't think people realize how blessed we are. And the fact that I just think it's the way people are, are, ra- are raised like me, growing up in a Hispanic family, Mexican household, you have to, how's the word, what's the word? It's, you have to, God, they push this on me so hard during academy. You have to know, know what you're getting yourself into. Like, um, God, I can't think this word. I just had my trainer scream at me two <laughs> weeks ago with this word. Um, Respond. You got to be responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you got to know your like everything comes with a consequence. Yeah. So it's like if you're driving around in a stolen car, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. If a cop gets behind you and runs your plates and they're like the car came back as stolen. What's the cop going to think? The cop's going to think, hey, you're armed. You're you stole this vehicle because you're going to do a crime. They're going to handle it the way they're trained to handle it. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's going to turn into a high risk stop. The bad guy's going to be like, oh, like, police abuse, you're abusing your rights, your powers. And it's like, no, dude. At the end of the day, like, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, don't, yourself don't put into yourself the car. in that position. Yeah, so I just feel growing up in, like, the Mexican households, just always everything I did, my parents always told me there's consequences to what you do, whether it's good or bad. So it's like I just feel like people that are raised here in America, in the United States of America, they just need to be entitled to their actions. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, people are like, oh, they, you know, they hate, they hate police officers, they hate mm-hmm. cops or whatever. Then, like, w- like, why are, like, what are you doing to put yourself in a position to feel that way? Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, like, you hate them because you're, you're breaking the law and, you know, you're doing criminal activity and you hate that you get caught for doing something wrong. So I, I see that aspect because. And, and dude, I'm not saying. Like, yeah, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens here in America. Mm-hmm. Like, but also it's kind of like, no, like, yeah, it's fucked up. But also, like, dude, we live pretty good in America where Compared you, get to your, other you get your iPhone, you call 911. So we're going to show up. And and I guess that's why I was pretty I was pretty heartbroken, dude, when Denver told me no. Because my goal was to be a cop for District 4, which is Westwood, Denver, yep. where we're from. Yep. And my thing was, like, I don't really want to be a patrol cop. I want to do crimes against children. Yeah. So, 
that's that's what sucked about not getting into Denver because, dude, I'm in the hood. I'm safe in the hood. Yeah. Like, I could talk to people. Like, I feel safe in the hood. So that's what sucked about not getting into Denver. But, like, we were just talking about, like, what are your thoughts on what's going on right now in the world? Dude, we, this whole world's just fucked up right now. You got yeah. people, all the school shootings, that dude that just shot up Amazon. Was it Amazon? I think it was FedEx. FedEx, yeah. There was another one yesterday, another one in Austin. Oh, I shooting. saw that. I saw, dude, I don't even look at my Facebook timeline no more. I don't scroll down it because it's depressing. It's all negative. It's depressing. And especially me, I see all this cop stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, God, I, I don't even want to deal with this. Hear I, it. Yeah, I think it's stupid to put, like, all obviously there, there's bad people on both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, there, there's definitely, you know, racism mm-hmm. within the police oh, force. Dude. Yeah. And uh, we'll touch on that a little bit. So, but to to generalize all police as being bad, you know, there, there, are, good, there, there are good police officers. I've met a few. You're one of them. Uh, so they're... You can't, and it's like, it's the other way around. You know what I mean? They have to assume everybody's a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, not 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 all minorities are bad. You know, there are some bad ones, but then you can't just generalize that group as being bad. So, they don't want that on them. Um, you know, to generalize them as as always being bad, and I and you can't do that back to the police officer because I mean you're kind of contradicting yourself. Yeah. So, but I I definitely think you know there's 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 a lot of racism in the police force and it, it gives it a bad name. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's the biggest thing, but you know, you can't generalize that for every cop to be in bad. So, I mean, kind of what's your perspective on, on like racism and in, in, in the police force? Um, dude, to tell you the truth, man. So, so this is my story. So I did police Academy for the city of Denver and Aurora cause they're big cities. So they do six month academies, right? Yeah. So my first Academy was six months. It was with a different lieutenant who was running it. His style was more military style. Dude, I'm, I'm some dude from inner city Denver. Like, I talk different than everyone. I, I'm i a lot different than the dudes that come into the police academy with military background, mm-hmm. you know? And I went into the I went into police academy not knowing shit, literally. I, I pulled up in my <laughs> sweatpants, my Jordans, my, my Air Maxes, and I see everyone else, like, Look, I mean, just pulling up first day, dude, is completely different. And um, I would say my first six months, so think about it this way. For when I first started Academy, that's when COVID first happened, dude. Yeah. So I remember being in Academy for two weeks. We're getting smoked. As in smoked, I mean, like, they're making us do um, PT, like physical stuff for not having our uniform ironed, for not having our tie straight. For having our buttons unbuttoned from our dress pants. Okay. Like discipline. Discipline stuff. Because, like, that's the point, was to teach us to be accountable for actions. Mm -hmm. That's the word, accountability. Yeah. And um, so, like, for those two, three weeks we were at Academy, we were getting smoked. And then COVID happened, and they sent us home for a month and a half. So I did all my academics in a month and a half through Zoom. Okay. And then when we came back to Academy, it was all skill stuff, driving, shooting, fighting all of that so we didn't go back to our academic stuff at all and then at the end of the six months it was still military style we're getting smoked getting screamed at all that i took my state test right i took my state test i failed it i got three tries failed all three dude 69 percent yeah you need a 70 or higher oh shit so you're 69 percent you're right there i was right there and then at the time 
That's when the Elijah McClain stuff was going on. That's when all the police brutality stuff was going on. George Floyd, that's when all that was going on. So I have all that in the back of the head of my head where I'm thinking like, fuck, this is going to be a hard career to get into yeah. and try to get into like, you, you kind of got in it. At I the got wrong in time. it at the wrong time, dude. And this is, this is when people were talking about changing the way police academies, police academies are ran. Everything changed from like the way they want people to do police work, all of that. Right. So then I failed the three, the three, uh, state exams. And I was just like, damn, like I'm gonna have to go back to driving a semi and do all that. And at the time, my dad was telling me like, dude, I don't want you to start a business because my reasoning to start a business is to take care of my family, my parents. And my dad's like, nah, dude, like we came here so you could do dope shit like that. Do shit that we can't do in our country. So like my parents were always there to support me. And I was thinking like, damn, I failed the state test. I'm about to get fired. Because during academy, you're getting paid. Yeah. This is my job. And uh, the, the sergeant at the time, this old cat, he was just like, yo, Gonzalez, he's like, you start up again next week with the new academy class. Yeah. He's so you like, had to do everything yeah, all over? Yeah, so I had to do everything from brand new, dude. I did 52 weeks at the academy at training. That's a record, bro, at, <laughs> at, for the city of Aurora. And, dude, I didn't even hesitate. I was kind of like, damn, like I'm going to have to go through another hell day because they do a hell day like our first week there to mm. try to make people quit. Yeah. I was just like, damn, I'm going to have to do another hell, hell day. And then they have a how week, which it's like a whole week where you're on call doing crazy stuff. That's kind of like the Navy SEAL yeah, how yeah. week, but not not super not as crazy intense. Like that. <laughs> not that intense. But what what are they? What are some of the things they do? Just so, like physical stuff. So and the just, first yeah. day, dude, how day? It's kind of just like you're getting screamed at. You're getting you're getting pushed pretty hard, dude. They're trying to make you quit. Yeah. Scream at you, physical stuff. They make you go code. It's called they call it code black, where you're just your brain's not processing stuff. And they're trying to see how you deal with that. And, um, yeah, dude, I, I got through. That shit was cake, man. The second time through, <laughs> I was in the Well, there you knew what to expect. I yeah. knew what to expect, you know. And um, the instructors were real cool. So starting that second academy, that's when everything changed, dude. We still had the same lieutenant, the military-style guy. Mm -hmm. He was there. He was only there for three weeks, so. And then they changed it up. So it went from military, my first academy, to more college-style for the second academy. Okay. Because people are saying there's no change in police work. Oh, trust me. They're making changes. Okay. You, No one's seeing it, though. That's yeah. the thing. Or hearing no it's not recorded. No one's hearing it or seeing it as of now. But they will. Okay. Because that's what so, I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you is, like, is there anything that they're doing to try to, to, to better the situation? Dude, so as of right now, they they change the style of, of training. Me, personally, I think it's – it's going to affect a lot of it's going to I, I think it, they're going to have to change it back to military style in the next couple of years. Because, okay. dude, me being out on the road now. Now I know why it's so strict. Now I know why it's military style because the people we deal with, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're dealing with criminals. You're dealing with I'm dealing with you deal with dudes with guns. You're dealing with dudes that have felony warrants like that have kind of nothing to lose. Yeah, so they have nothing to lose. Think about it this way. You have someone that was trained to be, I wouldn't say soft, but to be, not be living on, on code, on like top notch of like, you got to be aware of everything. You got to pay attention to detail, everything. Yeah. You get a cop that, that's that's not paying attention to detail, that's not doing all that. There's going to be a lot more issues with trying to, to deal with a, a bad guy. Because mm -hmm. like, 
It's not an easy feeling, bro. It's, like, it's, it's the hardest a... thing I've ever had to do, dude. Because think about it. I'm getting called on someone's worst day, and I ha- and they're looking at me to pick the right, to give them the right answer. Mm-hmm. If my right answer isn't right, I'm fucked, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But it's also fun, dude. I, I, I love I love going to work. It's pretty fun. But it's also, I mean, like you just said, it's hard, dude, like, especially yeah. in this climate. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine. Um, do you feel like being out on the street, there's, like, maybe a little bit more animosity towards you as being a police officer or, like, more disrespect or? Oh, uh, dude, it's, it's disrespectful, dude. But once I start talking, everything changes, man. Like, like that's what's so cool. Like, I, my whole life, dude, I've never been good at anything. I've always been the hardest worker. I mean, for baseball, working out, like, you always see me put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Everyone sees it. Um, so I've never been good at anything, dude. But when it when it comes to, like, this cop shit, I'm like, damn, like, I, I legit just helped this dude out. And this dude walked away thinking, damn, this dude's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that's what's dope about it. You and that, I mean? that's good. We need more police officers like that to where somebody is like, you know, like, fuck the police mm-hmm. or fuck 12 and all that. And then they, they have a conversation with you and they're like, damn, you know what? Maybe, maybe, you know, all police officers aren't the, bad. The hard thing, dude, is they see me in a uniform and they forget that I'm just like a normal you, cat like them. And you always hear that, you know, they're, they're, they're human beings, too. You know, they're, they're just like us. They're just wearing a uniform and and just trying to do their job. And unfortunately, there's some some bad apples that are in the mix and you know they they give a bad name to to all all the good guys that are trying to do something right you know what i mean yeah i would say that's the hardest thing right now dude is just because i'm still new dude i'm three months in so like you just got to get used to stuff i still think i forget i'm in the uniform and i'll have people mugging me and i wave high at them (laughs) and they just give me a mug, but like, it probably switches their like their you know what I mean. They're like you know yeah. fuck this guy, and then you wave at him, and they're like, huh? That 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 makes them. I was you know, with my think. trainer, dude. I was with my trainer in District One, driving down Colfax, and there's like some people from Honduras. They were dressed like MS13, dude. They had rags on, um, bandanas. They're sagging. They had like it literally said MS13 on their back, <laughs> and I just saw. I pulled up at the light, and they're across, and I waved at them. And my trainer's like, dude, you're t- you're telling gangsters, gangbangers what's up. And I was like, dude, I'm from Southwest Denver. Like, yes, it is what it is. That. Until There's... they do a crime, like, it, then yeah. it's different. But see, and I, I, that's that's huge, bro. That I think um, they need to have that mindset. Like, until they're actually doing a crime, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to treat them like like a human being. And I, I think, I think like minorities are like really, um, what's the word? Like, they're sought after um and like and and that's just like the racist mindset like if you know a, a minority you know a black guy or mexican are in a white neighborhood and they're walking and they're minding their business like why do you need to grow up on them like what are you doing why are you here yeah. and i think that's just the biggest thing that goes on and then it escalates from there oh it, it escalates a lot dude but um but yeah dude i mean that's where i'm at right now is my, my end goal in law enforcement is to get into crimes against children, but that'll take, like, three, four years until I could, like, apply and and do all that. So, as of right now, dude, I'm just trying to get good at this job and stay alive. Yeah. You know? And how you said you're not you're not good at, at things, I think you're, you're good at working hard. Just because you're not good at one specific thing, mm-hmm. your, your niche is, is working hard. You know, tr- trying – I think everything that you've done – 
um, you know, you gave it your all. And unfortunately, you know, some things didn't work out. But in the end, you gave it your all. And, you know, you, you can take away from that. Your story's, uh, like, real similar. Uh, have you heard of David Goggins? Oh, dude, that's – I joked around, and I told all the instructors at the academy, I'm like, yo, I'm like the Mexican David Goggins. <laughs> like, like, I'm back in here trying to get it, get through it. Yeah. They laughed, but they're like, dude, you're nothing like David Goggins. But I was like, deep down, I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm reading his book now, bro. And, and everything you said, like, you know, not getting in on the first try and all that, that like, all that – Oh, dude, in. it's a mindset, man. I mean, as of right now, I've been working for 15 months straight with no vacation. Mm-hmm. My sergeants told me, like, yo, because I'll be done with training in three more weeks. Okay. In three more weeks, I go test out. And then everyone's like, dude, you're going to have to take mandatory time off because you're, like, the only dude in the department that hasn't had a vacay in 16 months. Yeah, but so, that just shows your drive. and Yeah, dude. And, I mean, like we were talking about, dude, my hard work's what kept what kept me there. Cause they could have easily let me go. Yeah. But they're like, nah, like we need they, this dude in here. They seen something in you yeah. and that's good. And I think that's something that they should do and, and focus on, you know, the, the people that are working hard and, um, just kind of weed out, I guess the, the bad apples. Um, so I mean, what's your, like, what's your point of view as far as being like Mexican in the police force? Oh dude, it's crazy, man. I walk into the room. I don't know if they're laughing cause of my accent. Or if they're laughing because, like, at the way I talk. So, like, it's just crazy, man. I wish there was more his more Mexicans in there. I wish there was more. Which there there is, dude. We got a couple. Uh, Kiko. Kiko. Um, he's more. He's Chicano, though. I do don't talk Spanish. So, um, <laughs> uh, Juan, Juan Silvis. Oh, Juan Silvis is in there. He's at Sheridan Department. Raylene. Um, Raylene. I, I talked to Raylene a lot throughout Academy, man. She helped me get through it. Um, nah, dude, like. I just wish there was more. I just wish there was more, more people from the hood, from the inner city, in there. We need that. I got I got into law enforcement because I said in my head I'm like not just for the kids but like, there has to be a a change, man. Like if if the youth if the youth sees people like them in it, that's just gonna change then it'll everything. Dude. Them. It's gonna change everything. Yeah. Uh, um, or see somebody that could, they're like, oh, he's like me. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. came where I came from. And it, it might switch their mindset and be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be doing graffiti or, you know what I mean, shoplifting and shit like that and switch their whole and mindset. All, all the kids from the Boys and Girls Club, dude, they were heartbroken when I told them I was leaving to be a cop. All the kids were crying. They're like, you're going to get shot. You're going to get killed. And I'm like, nah, I didn't even like that. Yeah. And that's the problem with media, dude. It changes people's perspectives. Um, I went back to the club. They have teen nights on Fridays. I pulled up back to the club, and they're just—they thought it was so cool that I was finally a cop. Dang, that's dumb, bro. And just like that, there's—I want to say there's like twenty-something teens at the club, and they're just like, "Dude, that's sick!" Like, yeah, that's what I want to do now. And I'm like, "Oh, sick! Like, that's dope, bro." You're gonna make a difference, like for you know what I mean, just for the youth, because that's where it starts, bro. It's like mm-hmm. you just being young. And I think, you know, my whole perspective about the police is growing up, you know, some some of my cousins and stuff doing dumb shit. And they're like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck the police and this and that and having that mindset. And there's some people that have, I don't want to say, like, have the right to think that because mm-hmm. maybe, you know, they're they're doing nothing. And, and, you know, they're being harassed and they're being treated because of a couple bad cops. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, I, I, I get the frustration. I think there just needs to be more. They need... They need to do more to find people like you and, like, find people with your mindset and, you know, wanting to make a difference rather than just going and, and go, having the job for a power trip. Yeah, and 
I've seen a lot of that, dude, where people are wearing a badge and they think just because they're wearing the badge that they're entitled. They're above. To, they're, they're above, and I'm just like, whoa, bro, turn it down a notch. Like, yeah, all we're doing, we work for the people. Mm-hmm. People, I, I think a lot of cops, like, they forget that, hey, we work for the people. They're the ones paying us. Like, yeah. I had a petty call, dude, last week where it was just, it was something so simple, man. But the but the feet, the reporting party, the girl who called in, it was her, it was like the worst thing ever for her. The the best thing I could do is be passionate and listen to her and file the report and just that action made her day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we work for the people. You can't forget that. Yeah. You know so. And that's huge, bro. That's that's huge to to say that because I I bet you a lot of a lot of the police officers don't think that way. And like you said, I mean, you you probably seen some that that are like that. The the cool thing though, dude, is like there is a lot of people trying to get into this job. Um and all the old heads, all the old school cops are leaving. See, so it's like this new generation. Yeah, it's and a, it's a new generation, dude, which is that's what I'm seeing. Um there's this there's this new Senate bill, dude, that just uh, it, it went in last it went in, it went into play this past year and a lot of old school people a lot of old school cops are leaving because they think they're not being protected with the new bill that passed by. What's the bill? Or what's the specifics on it? Do you uh, know? Dude, it's it's like or like a general. All, all, all I know is for me to be good, I just got to articulate everything I do. So my report writing has to be better. I have to be able to back up my actions. Yeah. Nothing really changed. That's just the only it's, difference. It's just the you got to be on, on your shit. You got to articulate everything mm-hmm. you do. And, and, that, and if you're doing if you're if you're being a good cop, if you know your stuff. You're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I don't see that that new bill that passed as a threat because I'm like, it, it, it the job's easy, dude. You just show up and try to fix the problem. The only the thing that makes it hard though, dude, is people that resist, people that don't listen, people that that are just that have in that Ill, different mindset mindset. Bad intentions. Yeah. yeah. So. And you want to know how to avoid all of that? Don't break the law. Don't break the law, dude. And exactly. Like, That's like on Liar Liar. He's like, quit breaking the law, yeah. asshole. <laughs> exactly, dude. So I don't know, dude. It, like I said, people just need to take and just be accountable for your actions and nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are some fucked up cases where I'm just like, what? Like how? Um, but that's a whole nother topic, dude. Yeah. And um, nah, bro, but. Yeah, I, I think that's, like, the biggest thing. And, and you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these cases, and, you know, they're tragic that, that a life had to be lost. And, um, you know, somebody somebody died. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they're all the same skin color. Yeah. And, unfortunately, you know, they're, they're specifically being tar- targeted and treated unfairly. But at the same time, and it doesn't justify it, but a lot of those people, they, were, they, were, they weren't doing things they were supposed to. You know, n- not like Elijah McCain. Um, I haven't like really dug too much into it. Uh, I, I didn't even know about it, dude, until when I was in police academy. And then that's when I started doing my research on it. And I'm going to lead all this back, dude. It's all media. Okay. There's white dudes getting killed by cops. That's not on the media. Yeah. Um, it's just the media does a good job of of getting people on their side. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Elijah McClain, people were saying – I have a little cousin, dude. She's out in uh, UNC. She's up in Greeley. Mm-hmm. She does, like, the Chicano movement and all that. I love her. I mean, she, it, what she does is cool. But I had an educator because she kept saying that the cops injected Elijah with the ketamine. 
mm-hmm. cops killed Elijah. And I was just like, I told her straight up, I'm like, no. Like, yeah, the cops did fuck up. They shouldn't have used that carotid chokehold on the dude. Yeah. He's a little guy. But the firemen, are the, the paramedics are the ones that put the ketamine on him. Oh, okay, because yeah. they, they were always saying that the police was yeah, the one yeah. who injected the, him. The media was saying that it was the cops that killed him, but it's like, no. Um, it was a ketamine that the paramedics put on him. They put, gave him way too much ketamine. Yeah. But it went back to the cops. Okay. You know See, what I mean? See, I didn't know that. And, I mean, there's a lot. I mean. And the media is bad, bro. I mean, like, look at everything with COVID. Dude, and I, I know. Like, I, like, you were talking about the COVID vaccine, how you thought. You were watching. What were you doing? You were watching all the videos on. Yeah, I was just doing you, all the research, research on, on different uh, on why they're bad, and I've I've gotten away from believing like, shit on Facebook. Yeah, dude, cause, like cause, believing the the microchip and all that. Dude, yeah, when all, I I posted that, I was just t- just making fun. Oh, I thought you were being for real. So no, I was I, like, damn, no. my boy Jordan here drinking <laughs> the Kool Aid, bro. Nah, nah, bro. I had to get, it, but I was like that, bro. I was, you know, they're trying to microchip us, they're trying to control us. And it's all the media, bro. And so everything that's on Facebook, and there's a certain somebody, I, you know who it is, and I won't say her yeah. name, but that was just oh, yeah, yeah, spilling all that garbage. I unfollowed her, bro. <laughs> I, I had to, too, bro. But uh, just spilling that garbage, and it's just like, like just believing, like anyone could make a post, a long post, and somebody thinks it's factual, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but, um, yeah, dude, bro. I, th- I think the key to just know how to talk to people, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's huge, bro. Just communicating, just being able to talk to somebody. But um, so I, I get you on the on the media that's, you know, trying to put uh-huh. push, you know, all police are bad and all that. But a lot of these cases and, and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nobody deserves to die oh, at the hands of somebody else. You know what I mean? And it's really unfortunate that they died. And, you know, I don't mean this to no disrespect towards anyone. But at the same time, you know, why are they putting themselves? Don't put yourself in those positions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there are people who are harassed and, you know, I'm not I'm not talking about them. But a lot of these cases, you know what I mean? They're they're put in that position and th- there's two wrongs. Mm-hmm. So one, you know, they're, they're doing something illegal to where they have to be in contact with the police. And the other wrong is the police are um, I don't want to if they're not properly trained or, you know, they have a different mindset, a racist mindset and, you know, ill will in their their attacks and how they feel about certain minorities or whatever and they do something wrong, like with George Floyd, you know, where mm-hmm. the guy, you know, sat on his, on his neck. neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he... he I don't know what they teach out there in Minnesota, but here... It seems where, like a lot I'm of at, shit's happening in Minnesota. Where I'm at, dude, that's like the... That's the no-no, dude. Yeah. You get them on their side. You don't let them... You don't leave them on their stomach at all because that messes up the way they're breathing and all that. You know what I mean? So... So you're trained that. To, yeah, yeah. To, we're trained not to do that. Okay. Um, I, so I'll, then that's just on, on him. That's just, just on – that's either – I'm talking about here in Colorado. That's how we're trained. I don't know what they're doing out there in Minnesota or other states. I'm sure everything has to be pretty similar. You know oh, you'd I mean? think, dude, but, like, it's it's crazy how, like, other states they don't – like, for New York, in instance, dude, they don't have cop cars. The cops are stationed at – they're like, hey, you're working at this building, and that's where they're at the whole day. Oh, they so they no have, like, a little cars. zone yeah, or something? Zone. So like it's crazy. That man. makes every, sense because every, every state's so different, dude. Um, I mean my my cousins, he's not a cop out there in Tex. He's a he lives in Texas, but like his buddy's a cop, and they don't have like arrest control where like they do all this movement like risk controls and yeah try to control people. They just tell them, hey, put your head behind your put your hands behind your head, and once they hit that position, they cuff them up and then they do their search. 
over here in Colorado, dude, it's not like that at all. You search before you cub. It's just different, dude. Like, okay, so it's it's just all the laws. It's and, just all the trainings. laws. Like, like out there, there's this cat I work with. He's from South Carolina, North Carolina. I can't think of which one, but all the everyone that's in law enforcement in that state, they all go to the same academy, and then they go their own way okay. after academy. So they go to but different over, cities. And yeah, stuff. yeah. But over here. It's broken it's up like, by cities. It's broken up by cities, and, like, it's not like that at all unless you go to a community college and you're paying out of pocket for And that's, like, for the, the, degree, the cadet for program? The, yeah, for the post. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a cop at one point. And, all right, so let me tell you. So mm-hmm. after I graduated, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I tried to go to the Army. I failed the ASVAB. Oh, you tried to go in the Army? Yeah. I was trying to go to the National Guard. Not the Army, the National Guard. Yeah. Um, I failed the ASVAB and I took that as a sign like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. So then I was like, I wanted, I originally from in the National Guard, I wanted to be an MP. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, All right, I won't go the National Guard route. I'll try to do the cadet program or something. And what changed my whole mind about that. So I'm 18. Yeah. I didn't drive in high school. I didn't start driving until I was 18. Oh, I know. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, I mean, it's my first time driving. I had a fast car. I was driving stupid and fast. And mm-hmm. I kept getting pulled over. And um, Did that affect? So I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, like fuck, fuck the police, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so they're, they're always after me and that mindset and being like, you know, like that's what developed that mindset. And as I got older, um, I would kind of just like realize like, Maybe if I wasn't speeding, I wouldn't yeah. have those interactions with the cops and feel that way about it. But that's really what turned me away from it. Was Do you wish you would have now, though? Because, dude, you'd get that VA loan, and that's fat, man. That helps out a lot, um, like getting a house and all that. Thinking back, um, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason, so it's kind of hard to, like, sit there and be like, oh, I wish I would have yeah. did that. Because or... I wish I would have gone to the military, honestly. I wish I wouldn't have gone to college, gone to the military, applied – to where I'm at now, but yet again, like you said, shit happens for a reason. Yeah, like I, I never thought I'd be a be in law enforcement. Working at the Boys and Girls Club would got me into law enforcement, but if I'd have never had the Boys and Girls Club, who knows if I yeah, who who knows where you would I, be? Would I be at right now? You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I mean I'm, I don't know. I think I don't know, bro. <laughs> like I like I said, I I can't really focus too hard on on like what could have been or what would have been because then I wouldn't. When I met my, I mean, I knew Natalie in high school, but, mm-hmm. um, like we probably wouldn't end up together. I wouldn't have my daughter. So it's like, dude, and, and seeing all you guys with starting families and kids, dude, that's also why I got into law enforcement. Cause I was like, dang, I could keep, I could keep that little perv, perv away from mm-hmm. all my homies, kids, like me stopping this little pervert will probably keep my loved one safe you know what i mean see that and that's dope you, you're in it to to make a difference not to be yeah on we, top or controlling and all that yeah bro having kids now bro like like i mean it's something you always knew about and you, you know what i mean but like having kids it's a whole different perspective of it like and, i mean see, especially a girl bro having oh, a daughter dude, yeah especially right now like dude i never realized how big trafficking was until i got into law enforcement on colfax dude bad dude I, i've never i Dude, growing up, you, you kind of joke about it like, oh, you go to Colfax for a hooker. Yeah. Dude, I never seen a hooker ever until I started working as a cop. I met my first, my first hooker two months ago, bro, when I was working <laughs> Colfax. And, like, no shame. She was like, yeah, I suck dick for money. And I'm just like, right. oh, okay, well, be safe, you know. Yeah. Don't just jump in a dude's car because he's going to give you a Snickers and five bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's crazy, though, dude. And, and, like, you're talking about kids right now. I don't. 
I don't have a girlfriend right now, but I'm talking to this girl. And oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I know. Nice, bro. I've been talking to this girl for like six weeks now, but she was she was telling me she's like, she's like, you're telling me you want to get into crimes against children. How's that going to affect you with having kids of your own? And I'm just like, damn, that's true. That's going to be tough, bro, because how I feel now and like hearing things, but you actually being involved, bro, like that's that'll be tough. I don't I. I don't think it will discourage you from having kids, but it'll it'll definitely like change like it'll make you want to hold your kids tighter. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 I'm as being a dad, like I'm I'm super protective, and I know I can't be super like strict with her mm-hmm. and like keeping her from like you know going out or going to parties and stuff when she's younger because if I put like you know if I'm super strict, she's gonna do it anyways. And you know I'd rather I I want to have a relationship with her where. It's she open. Could come to you. Yeah, she could come to me, and you know we have a trust between each other, and you know we're completely one hundred percent honest. But at the same time, you hear um, women getting kidnapped at the store, and and it's crazy, bro. So it's like, like I I don't want to have, you know, like controlling and this leash on her, but at the same time, like I I gotta protect her. You know what I mean? As being a father, so I think if you had kids and like you're in that field, bro, like that's. I'm a I'm gonna try not I'm gonna try to raise my kids how my parents raised me, but yeah, like that's what me and this girl if, were talking about. She's like, you don't want to be that strict parent where like your kids gonna hate you and mm-hmm. because they're gonna do it regardless. Oh, they'll yeah, they'll figure out a way. You know what I mean? Like um, Natalie's parents were like super strict, and you know what I mean. All she has to say is, "I'm gonna go to my friend's house and spend the night." You know, dude, what I mean? that's how I got away with all the hood rat shit. <laughs> I tell my parents, "Yo, I'm a I'm gonna go stay at Elmer and Alliers." Or I'm going to go stay at Ivan's and they talk to their parents. And once we got to their house, we would all just, just go from out, there, bro, yeah. walk out the back door and go get in a car and that's and Go it. pack in a car and go to a party. Go to a party, and, dude. Yeah. I still remember the first party I went to and I got drunk. And, <laughs> and you grabbed me and started wrestling with me. Yeah. Like, dude, I thought you were a big bully, man, growing up. I know. I, was, I wasn't, though. I was soft. Were you mad at that time? Like, what was going on in your in that time in high school? I don't even know. I think you were I, trying to be the funny guy or like it's something like that probably. Because I remember I woke up the next day and I'm like, dang, Jordan's mean. Because <laughs> dude, I hate bullies, man. That's one thing mm-hmm. I hate are bullies. And I wouldn't say I hated you, but I was just like, Jordan's weird because he's nice at school, but when he when we're out at parties, <laughs> he's, like, he's kind of. I don't know if he's trying to be funny or a dick, but damn, bro, are you bringing up old stuff? It's yeah, like, nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, no, nah, I don't know. I was just young and dumb and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I remember that specific situation, and we'll talk I about I remember it after. we were all at Elmer and Allier's. Remember that? Those are the good old days, bro. Dude. Remember chilling in that basement? Shout out Elmer, Allier. They li- well, they lived in, in the nice area, dude. They lived, down the, <laughs> they lived down like, the street from Carmelo. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, um, there's that. Um, so what, what, are your, what are your plans? What, what are your long-term goals? Because you said you mentioned some. I mean, I know you want to work with kids. Yeah. Um, so explain, so explain, like, your your idea of, of where you want to go within five years, 10 years, 20 Dude, so ideally, man, like the only thing I don't like about where I'm at right now is I'd, when I leave home, I don't know if I'm a, I'll come back. Obviously, I'm not that, thinking. And that's scary, yeah. Obviously, I'm not thinking that at the moment, but like. It, it's a like, thought. It's right, something in the back of your I'll head. I'll see you later, mom. I'll see you later, dad. Peace out, Alan, my little brother. And I'm leaving. And I leave. They don't know if that's the last time they're going to see me. I don't know either, but I'm not thinking that at the moment. I'm just like, all right, let's go get to work. My goals, dude, are to hopefully I could test in, be an agent, and do crimes against children mm-hmm. where it's more laid back. I'm not out in the streets, yeah. you know? 
And then from there, dude, I guess, just see where life takes me. Like, hopefully I get a, have a family, get a wife. Um, I could retire in 14 years, have a pension, which is mm-hmm. dope. And then at that point, I could kind of just do what I want, you know, mm-hmm. find a, a hobby I could turn into, make income, yeah, do all that. So as of that, dude, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to get good at this, uh, being a patrol officer. So just focus on that. Just for focusing now. on that for now. Um, I get off probation in a couple months for work, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, dude. I mean, that's about it, man. Uh, I never had growing up, dude. Here in America, I never had a bad, a bad um, meet up with the cop. Uh, I mean, growing up, dude, I always had good mentors. I mean, growing up, I had already growing up was your cousin. Yeah. So my. So my mom, dude, actually grew up in Rocky Ford, Colorado. That's where when all she of, was little. Yeah, that's where that's all of where our your, families. That's yeah. where all your families from. So, so my grandparents actually knew Artie's grandma, dude. Oh, which really? Which is crazy. Yeah. So that's how I. That's dope. That's how me and Artie became pretty tight, dude. Was we're probably cousins somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> probably, but um, but yeah, dude. So my mom grew up in Rocky Ford, um, knew Artie's family. I didn't know that. That's and dope. then uh, he coached me at Athmar Rec Center, and then. I've kind of always had that dude in my life, dude, and uh, we'd always work out. Um, he always kept me out of trouble, yeah. which was dope. And, uh, and yeah, dude, so I was never really doing – I always had people wa- – I, I had homies that were doing bad shit, good shit. You've like, always kind of been the, like – I've always been cool with everyone. Dude. Yeah, you're cool with everyone, but, like, you were – I felt like you were never really influenced into doing some dumb shit. Like, I kind of always just did my you own You would thing, drink dude. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's that's drinking. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you're you – like you said, you always did your own thing. But you were always there. You I know was always I mean? there, dude. And I'm, that's what's dope, man, is, like – and that's what's helped me be pretty good at, at this cop shit because I could relate with everyone. That's good, bro. And I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know what I mean? We need more cops like you in this world. Um, and they're going to cycle out, you know, all the, all the older guys that have the older mindset and how they do things and – um, they're going to start filtering out mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll have this new generation of you guys that are, are trying to make a difference and, you know, and, and bring, you know, peace and, in the world. And hopefully people can chill the hell out and learn to be accountable for their actions, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that'll I, take time. I have a, uh, that's just a mind that, that's all on them. You know what I mean? To, to have that, 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 that thought process. Yeah. I have, uh, there's two dudes in the Academy right now that were at the boys and girls club with me also. Oh, really? So that's pretty dope to see them. That's cool to go with somebody like you know yeah. and not, not be alone in it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully after they're done with the Academy, I'll I'll see them out on the road and we could work a beat together, you know? <laughs> a beat? What is it? All that. So like the beats are like the areas, right? Yeah. So like... Oh, it's like a, d- yeah, a so certain... Like, so like one day I'll be beat 15 and that's my area, which would be like Alameda through from Alameda to Colfax to Chambers to Airport Boulevard. So pretty much, I, I don't know, I uh, like, so when you're on duty, mm-hmm. you just kind of just just patrol and just yeah, drive dude. around your, your beat or your whatever? Beat, yeah, and you just take calls that pop up on the, on the computer, and which will have a priority number. So one through two, those are like the, sh- the stuff where like, hey, it's serious. dispatch, send me to this call. Um, anything lower, it kind of just sits there, like a motor vehicle theft report. Okay, so that's why, like... Yeah, that's why that'll take forever. People think the cops are going to show up right away. But if if it comes in a dispatch as a motor vehicle report, either A, you could wait for a cop to show up, or B, 
call call in the front desk and just call in your report and yeah. the cop there will just take it and that's that okay because it's, it's kind of it's kind of wasting the mm-hmm. resources to go sit there and take a report yeah. it's not like they're gonna show up and be like all right i'm gonna go find out who stole your shit Shoot, dude uh, last week man i was doing a motor vehicle because i'm i'm matt graves for the next four weeks i was doing a motor vehicle theft at a sketchy ass hotel i'm still in training so the goal is to get as many calls as you can mm-hmm. get exposure right i show up take this motor vehicle theft report as i'm interviewing this guy Big old Northsider dude. He has NSM tatted on his <laughs> on his fist, and I'm like, "Yo, Chubby's bro, or what?" He's like, Hell yeah, I'm a dog, and I'm like, "Nice." I'm interviewing this dude, man, and it's next to this club, El Dorado in Aurora. Dude, I hear seven gunshots. Pa 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 pa. I tell homie, "Hey, dude, I'll be right back." We ran outside, aired the shots fired on the radio. Yeah. Um. I told the guy from the motor vehicle, hey, dude, you're all set. I got your, your side of the story. Here's the case number. And then we ran over there to, to the shots fired. And um, so, yeah, like if we weren't there for that motor vehicle report, we would have probably been at that, that club, just people watching. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened. But because I was on this motor vehicle report, we you weren't there. That opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it, it takes away, mm-hmm. like it, the, it takes the resource away, dude. And. Yeah, it showed up to that shots fired, dude. Ran over there. Uh, club's already emptying out. Walk in there, dude, and all the waitresses are like, "Oh my God, Hyman!" And I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, dude. And they're just like, "We follow you on Instagram." I was like, "Oh, hell damn, Hyman." But Jaime. that was cool. I mean, they were just giving us all free Red Bulls and shit. Like That's it was cool. dope, man. And and even my my trainer was like, "Yo, dude, like, like usually these people aren't that respect like." they're not this nice to us when we show up yeah and i was just like yeah dude but like i'm here i'm with you guys you guys are cool like, <laughs> you yeah. know like i'm talking to them it's like, probably because they're you know they're assholes to them or something and yeah you, either that or they just don't speak spanish or they just don't know how to talk to other people from different countries but i showed up bro in the i showed up in there with like my baton and everything because you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. i'm just like primo que pasó? <laughs> yeah they're like oh shit he speaks spanish <laughs> And they probably cool, get high, uh, they probably feel safer, you know, once they hear. Dude, and, and that's what's so cool about my job, man, is I'll show up to a call. And, like, once I'm walking up, you see people tense up. But then once I talk Spanish and they, see, like, my, oh. they see my name, it's like a relief, bro. It's a big relief to them that. That might, you think all of that's due to, like, all the ICE stuff and all that? I think it's the ICE stuff, dude. I think people think we're associated with ICE. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, a, its own thing, it's right? It's its own thing, dude. And, and. Yet again, immigrants are so scared of cops, dude, because in their country, like, you tell someone to get on their knees, they're going to get executed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a whole different mindset from immigrants to, to like, people that know what cops really do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good, bro. You're going to make that difference. And you you might not change everyone's perspective on it, or you might not be able to touch everyone, but the people that you do, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something. It'll change for for sure, and and that's what's cool, dude. When I, when I end my watch, when end when it's time to leave, I'm just like, okay, cool. Well, I help I helped Jose out. He was real happy. I gave him my business card, and I know for sure he's gonna hit me up. He won't hit up dispatch. He'll hit me up when yeah. shit goes off. You know. Yeah. So that's what's cool about it, dude. That's dope. Have have, <laughs> have you ran into any homies on on your job yet? Uh, dude, you don't have to name no names. I, but. I ran into someone, man. This dude got a DV, bro. And oh, shit. We threw him in the back of the car. There's actually some dude from Kennedy, bro, who at the at the end of this, I'll, I'll give you his name. But he went to Kennedy with us, and I hadn't seen him in, like, dude, like 
nine years. Damn. Since and like high school. Yeah, dude. And we threw that dude we knew in the back of his car, and we we're just like, damn, that's crazy. Like the outcome. Of Can it, you imagine you know? if you're in District Four? <laughs> and, and that'd be hard and that'd dude, be as hard of, as of right now that's like the blessed because dude that's where i wanted to work was district four denver mm-hmm. and now i'm just like oh thank god i'm not there you know because you know the homies everyone though. dude and well everyone moved up north so you you probably just yeah, see everyone's all the up bad in ones and now yeah. <laughs> dude it's crazy man because i yeah imagine that i feel like the um like the the stigma or whatever is like if you're arresting your homie or something, they're like, "Hey, bro, can you let me go?" Uh, and that's what happened, dude. He, <laughs> he was he was telling me and the other other officer, "Hey, dude, can you guys let me go?" And I'm just like, I, I straight up told my trainer, "I'm like, yo, um, I know I'm in training, I'm supposed to be handling this, but I know this guy and I just don't want to deal with it." And he was like, "All right, cool, dude, I got you. Like, yeah, just go find work over there." That's cool. That's cool like that. Yeah. Well. That was mind-blowing, though, dude, running into someone. That, <laughs> and it's only happened once, dude. I was always scared to be on the other end of that. I mean, not that I was, like, in, in that mm-hmm. shit, but, like, to be, like, like it would be embarrassing, like, to get arrested by one of your uh, homies dude, for doing some he stupid He didn't even shit. care, though, dude. He was so messed, <coughs> he was so messed up that it was. He, he, it took him a while to realize who we were until I took off my mask, which I fucked up because I took my mask off. Oh, so you straight. probably wouldn't even know yeah. who you were. And, yeah, dude. So he recognized you by your biceps. I recognize those guns. <laughs> I recognize those pythons. But um, but yeah, dude. Um, I my first call ever was pretty dope, man. My first day working. Yeah, I was, was on day was shift, dude. And uh, it's we get a uh, uh on the radio all cops to this location. It like started beeping, so we're thinking, damn, like a sh- a cop got shot or cops getting beat up. So we're running code down there, and um. Some dude, man, it's 10 a.m., bro. Some dude pulled out a machete. Started, oh, I, I started swinging. Yeah. Started swinging on his uh, his son-in-law. And I'm just like, bro, it's 10 a.m. How do you wake up this angry at the world? Yeah. That was crazy, dude. The, the, the surgeon, the doctor said he was probably like 30 seconds away from dying. Oh, so he got cut up and he stuff? He got sliced, bro. I've never seen anything like that. I, I was just like, oh, shit, it's my first day. Like, fuck. Did it kind of like, you're like, ah. Like- nah, dude, I... I my training kicked in, pulled down my gun, uh, went upstairs, cleared the house. I went in first, dude, which which my trainer was like, oh, damn, first day ever, and you're, <laughs> you're not scared to get in there. And I was just like, I was like, it's just the, the kick, like the switch went on, you know? Yeah. All the training, all the hard work for 12 And that's 12 good because that doesn't happen to a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, dude. And, uh, the wrong switch goes off and, yeah, and they, they shut down. There, there's been two dudes that have already quit during a cat, during training. From the academy because yeah. they're just like oh shit can't do it, yeah. which good for them because like at the end I of the think day, it's good for both people or mm-hmm. both sides you know what I mean because at the end of the day like if I was on a call with you and you didn't hold it down then I'm then fucked. your your life's at, at my stake. life's at risk and it's weird dude because people tell me like dude I can't believe you're you're a cop like Jaime the cop like what like you're so nice and caring but I'm just like once I throw on the uniform it's just like and I'm in that situation it's either live or die yeah you know you gotta go to work yeah so i just put on my gun cleared the house um arrested the the dude the bad guy and had to write a crazy report dude and that's the hard thing about this job is writing reports it's five five minutes of action for four hours of paperwork (laughs) which blows my mind dude um last week dude i did crimes against children's i did four hours of overtime i I get off at 8 a.m 
I got off at, at noon, dude. I was dying. I was just like, God, I'm so tired. But on my way home, I was smiling because I was just like, damn, like, I was like, yeah, I did four hours of overtime. I'm dead. I'm not going to work out today. I'm going to go home and sleep. But because of that extra time I did, that report, I went to like six different sergeants, had them read it. And I was just like, because of that hard work I just did, this little kid's not going to go back to where he where he got hurt from. And yeah. because of that report, I'm probably going to change this kid's life. That's good, bro. See, like, that's that's some positivity we need to hear from, mm-hmm. from the law enforcement. You know, not everything's going to be that way. You're going to be dealing with bad people, and you're going to, you know, you're going to have to use your training, and you're going to have to fight with them, or you're going to, you know, God forbid, you know, get in a shootout or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, the way the world is, you know, there's still bad in there, but at least you can make a difference on the good side. Yeah. I remember my trainer asked me, he's like, dude, why did you go in first? It was your first day. And I was just like, dude, you have a family, you have people to go home to. Obviously, I do too. But yeah. My my thought process was like, my trainer's a dad. I need to make sure this dude goes back home to his kids. Yeah. Me, I'll be all right. I got rifle plates on. I'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah. How long have we been talking for? <laughs> uh, over an hour. Oh, okay. How much yeah. more time we got? Got about seven minutes. Okay. Yeah. What else you got for me? What other questions you want? Um, I think we covered any th- everything. Um. What do you got? Anything you want to say? Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, nah, just big shout out to everyone that uh, all my coaches, all my mentors. I've run into a lot of coaches, dude, out there where I work while I'm on duty, and it's pretty, it's a cool feeling. Yeah. Seeing them, they get all excited to see that I'm what I'm doing. And it probably makes them happy, like you know, little Jaime, you know, the yeah. hard worker, you know, he's a cop Feeling now. Go shit. Um, shout out to all you guys, Coach Vincent. I don't know if you remember him from Kennedy, black coach, yeah, basketball. Ran into him, dude. Uh, There's a trespasser at his church. He has a church. Yeah. So he saw me and he's like, "What the fuck, Gonzalez? Is that you?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude." Shout out to him. All the homies that reach out to me, dude. Um, going home. I mean, my family's first gen. Right? I'm first gen, right? So like, yeah. my parents don't really know what's going on at work. My dad's just happy I'm not slaving like he did. You know. See, that's good, bro. And, that's um, good because I feel like a lot of like traditional Mexican dads are like. You got to do what I did. You yeah. know what I mean? And my dad, nah, dude. My dad's the complete opposite, but... And your dad's pretty cool. Dude, he, <laughs> yeah, he's, he threw on my uniform and told my mom to take pics of him. I'm like, dude, you can't be posting that shit. But, um, yeah, dude, shout out to all my friends that reach out to me, dude, because just people reaching out to me means a lot because, dude, my parents don't know what I see at work. Yeah. I have my homies hit me up like, yo, you good? How was your shift last night? I, re- I really respect all my buddies that reach out to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, my grandma pray for you every day. Yeah, I'd be add, great, add, add to your prayers. Yeah, bro. But hats off to you, Jaime. I'm I'm happy for you, bro. Like I said, um, I don't like how you said you you're not you weren't good at anything because you're good at working hard, and yeah. you you made things happen. And and you kind of see like how you're going down a road, and the road the road that you were supposed to go down has a barricade, and you can't go that way. So you got to go down this road. And everything that you've done led you to this point, and it's gonna lead you to lead you to where you're going. So yeah, dude. I mean, that just goes to everyone, man. Just work hard. Um, mm-hmm. Shit's not always gonna go your way, no matter what it is. Even if you think you have a plan, it's never, it's never gonna go that way, you know. So yeah, just keep moving, dude. Um, just because someone says no, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah, you know. And that that's something you know what I mean. You've been told no a lot, but you you oh, kept dude, you so kept much. moving. You kept moving. I remember this. I had this instructor at this instructor who was just like, dude, you you write like a, a fifth grader. You're not gonna make it. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever. I ignored him. 
worked on my grammar, started reading a little bit. I'm so busy, dude, that I, I want to pick up reading. Do it, bro. It's after dope. this training, once I'm done in three weeks, hopefully, I'm going to just pick up books, dude, and just read. Well, you could do audio books too, right? Or maybe when you're on what do you think? What do you think is going to help me out, though, when it comes to, to writing? Knowing Probably. when to put a comma, knowing when to put a period. Probably reading. Reading? Yeah. Just reading and, and just getting good at it. But, um... Nah, bro. Yeah, thank you for coming on here. I'm, I'm. This is something I, I've been wanting to do, especially now with everything that's going on. So, hopefully, this conversation changes a lot of people's perspectives towards the law enforcement. I know mine definitely has because you know I, I know so many people that are in it. Yeah. And especially you, you know, being a close friend of mine. You know, I just hope people, if they get anything from this, was just be accountable for your actions. Mm. Like know, know what you're doing. Like. Just be accountable. Like all the all the bad shit that's going on, it's like a dude gets out of a out of a stolen car. What do you expect? Yeah. A dude's running from the cops who was just shooting at cars. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just take accountability. If you're accountable for your actions, then you'll be all right. Like yeah, you'll get a ticket, you'll get a fine, but all right, what's the your your life? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be all right. Um, but yeah, dude. And we need we need more police officers like you. That mm-hmm. way, you know what I mean. It's Dude, I helped out. out. I helped out the gang unit not too long ago, just because the way I talk, I got consent and got this dude out and helped them out, which was pretty dope. There you go. It's my first use of force too, which was cool. Right on, bro. Right on, Jaime. Um, I always end the segment with a little quote or something. You you got a little quote or or some motivation that you could bless the people with? Uh, I don't really have a quote right now, man. But one thing that helped me get through all this training and stuff was. There's there's this instructor. He was just he would always tell me you'll be all right. That's just how I you'll, look at everything. You'll be all right. There be all you right. go. You'll I was be scared right. to get tased and pepper sprayed, and you're just like, dude, you'll be all right. You've done it before. No, yep. and be accountable for for mm-hmm. your actions. Alrighty, everyone. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Jaime, for for being on. I'm sure you know I'll have you on a couple times. Uh, you know what I mean. In the future, have some more stories for me, and and yeah, thank you again. All right, everyone. God bless. Hey everyone, it's Jordan here. Um, hope you enjoyed uh, the episode with uh, Jaime. Um, you know, we touched on a lot of good things, and I, uh, you know, I, I felt overall it was a good convo. Um, so this is after the fact. This is um, after I edited the podcast. I'm getting ready to release it now. Uh, but there's something that I wanted to touch on. Um, things that I said uh, in the podcast that I just kind of wanted to. Uh, just retouch on and, and uh, reiterate. Um, so I, I know, uh, you know, police brutality and the police shootings and, you know, the treatment of, of black people in America is a really such a, uh, excuse me, touchy subject. And um, I just want to address something. There's a couple of things that I wish I would have uh, worded differently in the podcast. Um, I believe I said something along the lines like, um, uh, you know, most most people that are uh, you know, in criminal activity, you know, they're in their, uh, put themselves in their situation, something like that. I, I, I'm not saying it exactly, but I just wanted to, uh, touch again on this. Like I said, this is after the fact, uh, you know, since the beginning, I told everyone, you know, this is going to be a hundred percent raw, organic, uh, you know, unedited, uh, you know, a hundred percent real. So, you know, I, I didn't want to cut it out, but I do want to address it. Cause as I said, like it is a touchy subject. So I apologize to anyone that, that I offended uh, with, you know, my views on certain things. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, black people that were murdered, uh, you know, at the hands of of a police officer uh, for for no apparent reason. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do better on educating myself and, uh, you know, just trying to choose my words wisely. You know, I'm, I'm human and, you know, I, I, I didn't want to, um, you know, uh, just put stuff out there that people disagree with and, you know, have these individual uh, conversations about it. I want to address it right away. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm recording this now. I'm, I'm, I'm back in, I'm back recording in the closet. So, um, again, I apologize to anyone that I might've offended, uh, you know, a lot of people that, um, you know, were, were murdered, uh, due to the fact that, you know, they might've put themselves in a, a um, uh, you know, breaking the law or a legal situation. And that does not justify their murder. As I said in the episode, uh, you know, nobody should ever, you know, lose their life to the hands of someone else, whether right or wrong. And the biggest thing that I'm about is, you know, I'm not against the police force. Like I said, you know, Jaime and, and other friends that I have that are police officers and, you know, I have the utmost respect for and they are good people and they are trying to make a difference. But there is, like I said, bad apples out there. And, you know, like I said, there's two wrongs, you know, maybe somebody. And I think I I, I just said most people where, you know, there's. I, I don't I think that's the biggest thing that I want to touch on is that, you know, it's not most, you know, it's some and and there's not a number. And I, I think I was just uh, foolish and careless with my words. So, again, I want to apologize and address that. Um, like I said, I, I, I didn't want to edit and cut it, cut it out because, uh, you know, like I said, this is this is unedited, raw and organic. But, um, you know, I, it's something that I want to do to address and uh, bring light um, you know, anyone that felt offended to it, I, I do apologize. And, you know, um, if there's something that you might want to educate me on or, you know, maybe uh, make a recommendation of how I can fix it, I'm all for it. You know, I'm 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 100 percent, you know, uh, you know, treating people how they're supposed to be treated just and, you know, not not stereotyping, you know, individuals because of their skin color. And I think, you know, a lot of these killings are horrible and, and, you know, it's so unfortunate that a life has to be lost due to this. Um, you know, with the, the George uh, Floyd case, you know, the, the police officer, you know, he, he was guilty on all charges and, you know, that's such a step in the right, right direction towards, um, you know, bringing justice and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, making, making, you know, the people of minority and people of, you know, different skin color, you know, feel safe and that their voices are being heard. So, um, you know, hopefully this is me doing my part by far, you know, it's, it's not trying to justify or, or, you know, um, clear up my name or anything. I, I admit I was wrong. And, and as I edited it, um, and, you know, kind of realized that, you know, when I'm in the moment, we're having a conversation and, um, you know, I, I get so lost in it and I, I, you know, I mess up on my words. There's things before that I've, I've messed up on and I had to reach out to individuals to, to readdress and apologize for, um, I'm only human. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to touch on that real quick, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you continue to listen to me, uh, reach out if you, if you want, you know, like I said, want to educate me or, you know, have, have want to have a conversation. I'm all for it. Again, thank you guys. Uh, Continue to listen, continue to support, continue to share. Um, Yeah, take care.